1: One, we're going to get to the NBA draft here momentarily, but I thought last night's win by the Warriors was incredibly ominous for the idea that this is going to be a very interesting Western Conference Finals. The Warriors came out, Steph and Clay and really dominated against the Portland Trailblazers. The defense that the Warriors put forward on Dame Lillard and I thought C.J. McCollum was really, really good. Uh, I didn't think either of those guys got an easy bucket really the entire game and on the flip side I thought Clay and Steph got a ton of good looks. I don't know what the idea was from the Trailblazers on how to cover Steph but he got more good looks in game one against the Trailblazers than I think he did almost in the entire series against the Houston Rockets and I understand the idea of, hey, we're not going to let Steph break down our entire team, but how do you not run guys at Steph more frequently, especially when he beats you and just steps around a screen? Um, It was wild how many good looks that he got, and I thought that was particularly the case when you look right now at the weapons that the Warriors have. Outside of Klay Thompson and Steph Curry – This is not a very explosive offensive team for the Golden State Warriors. So, Steph went for 36, hit nine threes, and Klay Thompson went for 26. Outside of that, uh, Draymond Green got 12. Okay, you can live with that. Um, And then, uh, Jurabinko got uh, nine points. I mean, there was really nothing else out there. And so... I was really troubled by the way the Portland Trailblazers played defense. Now, maybe you can argue it was because they were coming off Game 7 in Denver. They only had a couple of days to recover from that, and then they traveled to uh, the Bay Area and have a quick turnaround. we got Game 2 coming up on Thursday, and obviously if the Trailblazers were able to win on the road against the Warriors, that would change things quite a bit. But without Kevin Durant, and with fairly significant uh, opportunity here, I think, for the Trailblazers as a result of that. This didn't look like a competitive series. It looked like, to me, the Warriors are going to win this thing in five games or less, and may not even need to worry about bringing Kevin Durant back for this series. That's particularly the case if they win their first two. This feels like a Warriors win the first two, trailblazers put everything they've got into one of the games probably game three win that one then the warriors win game four and close it out in game five that's what it felt like to me watching the entirety of this first game I didn't feel like the warriors played that well and I thought they were in a different class than the Portland trailblazers now maybe the trailblazers will come back in game two and play really well to be fair The Trailblazers looked really bad in Game 5 against the Denver Nuggets and then came back to win Game 6 and Game 7. But I think the Warriors are going to win this one in five or less. I would bet a lot of money based on what we saw in uh, that performance. Now, we'll continue to unpack this. we got a loaded show for you. Let me give you an idea of where exactly we are headed. We have got uh, an hour one. We'll get you some uh, gambling uh, impact With my guy John Campbell from Odd Shark, in Hour 2, we are going to be joined by Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports National Columnist, and in Hour 3, Chris Mannix will swing by and join us. That's the uh, setup as scheduled. Uh, Now, that's everything that went on in Game 1. I believe we have a sense for how much Steph was cooking. Here is a 3 he hit in the third quarter that effectively ended this game.
6: Curry takes a handoff from Clay Thompson. All is forgiven. He hits a three on the right sideline that gives Golden State a 17-point
1: lead. So Curry, I think, finally has found his mojo after not playing that well against the Rockets. He got hot in the second half on the road against Houston. He continued that hot streak, uh, 9 for 15 from 3 against the Trailblazers in Game 1. But now let's pivot to what may end up being more of a significant impact here, which is what happened in the NBA draft lottery. I have long argued, and I maintain that it's true, that most fans have a really bad idea of how probability works. And so if you were a Knicks fan, or if you were a Cavs fan, or if you were a Suns fan, you were the three worst teams in the NBA last year. And the Knicks in particular, I think, felt like they had a higher chance of being the number one overall pick than they did. They each had a fourteen percent chance to win the NBA draft lottery. That means there's an eighty-six percent chance that those teams were not going to win the NBA draft lottery. And so this idea that 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 the expectation should be that they were going, the Knicks or the Cavs or the uh, Suns were going to be able to get the number one pick was a little bit of a crazy idea to begin with and I think it probably was rooted in not realizing that the NBA had changed the odds of ending up with the number one pick to try to encourage teams not to tank and so as a result it's a pretty wild outcome the New Orleans Pelicans get the number one overall pick Zion is headed to the big easy. As if that weren't wild enough, the Memphis Grizzlies get the number two overall pick, meaning Ja Morant is likely headed to Memphis. Overall, that means that probably, I would argue, maybe the two least valuable franchises in the entirety of the NBA, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies, end up with the two best players. In a draft that is very, very top heavy. And the result is pretty wild for New Orleans, where the NFC uh, error in officiating, NFC title game error in officiating, coupled with Anthony Davis demanding a trade, suddenly the New Orleans area, Louisiana area sports fans get something breaking their way because this is massive to get Zion. I think it probably means that Anthony Davis ends up rescinding his trade offer because this could be monumental for the Pelicans. Let's listen to what David Griffin had to say about this scenario.
4: I mean, it's it's the same situation. We want to create an environment that players are attracted to, and we feel very strongly Anthony in totality will be attracted to what we can build and what we can offer, and it's the same for all players. We're gonna we're gonna stand for something, and we hope that that recruits itself. You know, I don't believe, and I've I said this in Cleveland many times. I don't believe anything or anyone is untouchable in our business. Um, there's 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 a value for everything, right? And I think there's a situation in our league where most people try to shy away from big decisions because you can be wrong. That's not how our organization's gonna operate. We're we're gonna do what's best for us long term, whatever that looks like.
1: Now, they went to commercial break with four teams alive for the number one overall pick. The New York Knicks, the L.A. Lakers, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Memphis Grizzlies. When Zion found out how the final two picks were going to go, you could see that he was crestfallen. He wanted to go to New York. He wanted to go to L.A., where he could have theoretically made a lot more money. Now, if the Lakers had won this lottery, I'm not sure that Adam Silver would have ever been able to argue that the NBA draft lottery was entirely random. I mean, there would have just been so many people out there screaming, oh my God, can you believe the Lakers had, whatever it was, a 2% chance, 1-50, in to actually get the number one overall pick. And then it happened for them right after they were awful for a season, right when it looked like LeBron James was not going to be relevant in the Western Conference for the next couple of years of his career. Then, boom, the Lakers end up with the four-pick. The Knicks fall to the third pick. Not a total disaster, but certainly something different than they had been hoping for. Here is what it sounded like if you were not watching live.
3: The second pick will be made by the Memphis Grizzlies. And that means that the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. Grizzlies. Grizzlies.
7: the New
1: Orleans Pelicans ticket office celebrating and going crazy like they just won a national championship on the final shot of the game or like their Toronto Raptor fans reacting after the ball bounces multiple times on the rim and then drops for them there was a 6% chance that the New Orleans Pelicans were going to win this draft lottery. Now we're going to unpack this when we come back from the next break but this creates a ton of of different potential moving parts here as we try and figure out where things are going from here. Now that, barring a total crazy move, it appears Zion will be a New Orleans Pelican, New Orleans Pelican, and that Ja Morant will be headed to the Memphis Grizzly Grizzlies. It puts a ton of different moves in play and uh, I think is really pretty good for the NBA overall in terms of the legitimacy of the draft lottery. Now, there are tons of people out there who believe the draft lottery is fixed. I got to tell you, you're crazy, all right? If the draft lottery was fixed and it was determined that the draft lottery was fixed, then Adam Silver and whoever else was involved in it in the NBA would go to prison. That would be fraud. They would go to prison for years and years. They would forfeit millions of dollars. I don't believe there's any way that the NBA draft lottery is rigged. Here's what I would say Why don't they have the draft lottery live on television itself? Actually, show us the ping pong balls happen. Is that a crazy idea to eliminate the idea that there is uh, some sort of fakery going on? Just put like they do. Don't they do that with the lottery for a lot of places where the ping pong balls come up and they show you exactly which numbers win? Why don't they do that for the NBA draft lottery? I understand there's drama in the way they unveil who is going to be picking, but why not just go ahead and do it live? Show us the draft ping pong. You know They have this every year. They have a huge number of media members who get to be in the secret room with the NBA and they take away their cell phones and they all observe it happen in real time. So there's no drama associated with it being able to be faked. Why don't they do that just live on television. I think that would be a lot more interesting to see the ping pong balls themselves. But I think you definitely have to give credit to the NBA because the result was no team that tanked ended up being rewarded for tanking. And two franchises that are really outside of the mainstream in terms of the attention they get on a game-by-game basis. The Pelicans and the Grizzlies end up with the two best players
8: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit them at o'reillyauto.com/two-pros. That's o'reillyauto.com/two-pros.
2: Attention, all wrestling aficionados! Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
8: TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: Two of the least relevant historically franchises in the entirety of the NBA, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies, get the top two picks. What does this mean going forward in the NBA? Let's break this down a little bit. Uh, first of all, I would think that there is going to be a ton of drama surrounding what the Pelicans decide to do. If you are Anthony Davis now and you're looking at the talent surrounding you with the Pelicans, I think you probably don't. Don't you want to wait and see how good Zion is before you try and demand a trade? Now, again, if you're going back and you're being reasonable and you are Anthony Davis, don't you want to get Zion into camp and actually see for yourself how good he can be if you're Anthony Davis? Because... Now, if I'm him, being honest, I want to play out my final year in New Orleans, see how good uh, Zion might be, and then allow myself to make a decision to go wherever I want in the NBA. Maybe that means I decide to stay with the New Orleans Pelicans. Maybe it means that I go elsewhere, but why be traded for one year when you're now just one year away from free agency? And let's say that Zion Williamson comes in and catches the league on fire, it's possible that New Orleans is the best destination for Anthony Davis. At a minimum, I want to play all the way up until the NBA trade deadline because I actually want to see whether or not New Orleans has finally gotten lucky and is able to put together a team that can contend for a championship in the next couple of years. That's my thoughts. That's the rational thought if you are Anthony Davis. Now, he may still demand a trade. And if so, the Pelicans can be even more discerning in what they decide to do because they shouldn't feel any pressure at all now that they've got Zion theoretically coming to New Orleans. And this is assuming, by the way, that Zion doesn't go to war with his representation and start saying, hey, I don't want to play in New Orleans. I'm willing to go back and stay at Duke for another year uh, if the, if the uh, Pelicans draft me, which would turn into a huge mess. I don't think that will happen because the economics here are pretty straightforward. You want to get into your rookie contract as quickly as you can if you are an NBA player because it's in that second deal that you really start to make outlandish money. So the smart play is for Zion, even if he's unhappy to go to New Orleans, suck it up, play under your rookie deal, deal, get it done as quickly as you can, and then hit free agency and prove, if you're a great player, that you can go anywhere at that point in time and play in any market in the country that that you desire. So I think immediately this raises a lot of questions about Anthony Davis, and we'll see whether... The Celtics are still willing to put together a package, potentially including Jason Tatum. We'll see whether the Lakers decide to put that number four pick, maybe with a couple of their young guys, and try to ship it down to uh, down to New Orleans in exchange for Anthony Davis. But if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not willing to move very quickly now on Anthony Davis, and the pitch that I'm going to make to him is, hey, man, I understand you've been upset, but we just got the lottery. We just won the lottery literally And we've now got one of the biggest, most transcendent stars imaginable potentially coming to play with you for at least one year and multiple years if you're willing to resign. Why don't you just wait, table your trade demand, come back in October, come back in training camp. Let's find out exactly what might be possible with you paired up with Zion. I think that makes the most sense. For the Grizzlies, I think this puts Mike Conley on the trade block almost immediately because you have to assume that they're going to go with Ja Morant. They're going to be a young team. They're going to hand him the reins to the Grizzly franchise. Who is interested in grabbing Mike Conley? How much trade value does he have? They almost moved him at the end of last season. Instead, nobody really stepped up to the plate. I would think you go ahead and start shopping Mike Conley in the offseason. Not to say you can't bring him back, but he's a high-salary high, uh, high salary guy, I would think there's a move to be made to trade Mike Conley and allow that situation to be cleared up for John Morant. If you're the Knicks, I don't think you have to be that panicked, honestly. Again, this comes back to basic probability. There was an 86% chance you were not going to get the number one overall pick. So the fact that you did not I don't think really changes anything necessarily in terms of who you should be pursuing uh, in order to try to get Kevin Durant, maybe to try to get Kyrie Irving. You got the space for two big free agents. The fear for the Knicks is that Kevin Durant ends up getting recruited by the Golden State Warriors. They're clearly trying to pitch him on staying for another year or several years and re-upping again for another three- or four-year contract. And I think that's got to be the fear if you are the Knicks. Now, I know Colin Cowherd said yesterday he's heard that the Knicks and Kevin Durant is a done deal. I would just hit the pause button on that in general because Kevin Durant has shown himself to be susceptible to pitch meetings. Remember what happened when the Hampton Five got together and they went out to, uh, went out to the Hamptons? and all got into the room with Kevin Durant and made the pitch on why he should come to the Warriors. That pitch seems to have really worked for him, and as a result, the Warriors ended up keeping and adding all of their talent and bringing in Kevin Durant too. I would just be a little bit nervous if I am the Knicks, and I'm assuming that this is the result uh, uh, of the draft, and it doesn't matter because we've still got Kevin Durant and maybe Kyrie Irving and somebody else. I'd just be nervous because Durant, again, if the Warriors win this title and Durant comes back from that calf injury and plays well in the finals or even at the end of this series against the Portland Trailblazers as well, when he really looks at it, is he going to say, wait, what's better for my career? Potentially winning five or six titles in a row with the Golden State Warriors in Silicon Valley where I have tons of off-the-court related business venture opportunities or Going all the way across the country to New York, going to a dysfunctional Knicks franchise and trying to put them in the mix to win a championship. I just I I think the play is for Kevin Durant to stay with the Warriors. I really do. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in Eddie Garcia. Let's find out what's shaking in the world of sports. We had an NHL game going on last night, in addition to the Warriors handling the Trailblazers pretty easily. What you got for me, Eddie Garcia?
9: Well, first, I we want to remind you that online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price and True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the NBA playoffs, we had the opening game of the Western Conference Finals with the Warriors topping the Trailblazers one sixteen to ninety four. Golden State's duo of star guards outdueled Portland's pair of star guards. Steph Curry thirty six points, nine three pointers, and Clay Thompson twenty six points in the win for the Warriors. Damian Lillard had nineteen points on. 4 of 12 shooting and C.J. McCollum 17 points in the loss for the Blazers. Golden State with a 1-0 series lead. Of course, still playing without the injured Kevin Durant. In NBA news, the New Orleans Pelicans won the NBA Draft Lottery. They will likely select Duke star Zion Williamson with a number one overall pick. The Pelicans had a 6% chance to win the Draft Lottery. Moved up from the 7th spot to the number one spot. The Memphis Grizzlies also had a 6% chance to win the lottery. They moved from 8th to 2nd. The New York Knicks will pick 3rd. And the LA Lakers moved all the way from the 11th spot to the number 4 spot. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, Game 3 Eastern Conference Finals. Bruins beat the Hurricanes on the road 2-1. Two to one, Rask, 35 saves in net. Brad Marchand with a game-winning goal for Boston as they now have a 3-0 series advantage. We'll be back to Outkick the Coverage in 10 seconds. But first, a word from Farmers.
10: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car seen it covered it
9: talk to farmers we
3: are farmers bum, 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 bum.
5: underwritten by farmers truck fire insurance exchanges and affiliates products not available in every state
9: now back to clay travis and the geico outkick the coverage studios
1: eddie you're our hockey expert this effectively means the bruins are headed to the stanley cup final right
9: uh, pretty much yes they uh, the hurricanes had a lot of great chances in the first period of that game they hadn't lost a home playoff game yet in the postseason, they threw everything they could at Tuka Rask. He would not allow a goal, and then Boston was able to get the lead and uh, take the 3-0 series lead. So the Bruins are looking very strong, and Carolina, that was their best shot to get back in the series, and they uh, could not convert 0 for 5 on the power play. They had their chances. They couldn't get it done.
1: We'll see what happens in the bucks raptors series in the Eastern Conference, but I feel like the Bucks are going to win it pretty easily too, and, uh, and we'll also see what happens in the Blues and the Sharks series. But there's a little bit of nervousness out there for me that we're not going to get any great Eastern or Western Conference finals in the uh, in the NBA or the NHL coming down the stretch here. Uh, that's certainly the way I feel after watching what happened last night with the Warriors and uh, with the uh, Trailblazers. Let me bring in the crew. Your big takeaway, I think the draft by far is a much bigger story than what we saw happen in Game 1 between the Warriors and the Trailblazers. So your big takeaway, Danny G, from the draft lottery as we spin the results forward is what?
10: It was nice to see a couple of teams in the top four that weren't tanking. Obviously, the new system that you spent a lot of time covering yesterday morning was pretty effective. And what's up with Twitter? How come everybody has to be a conspiracy theorist on Twitter? It's rigged. Oh, you know, the NBA wanted it like this. They're doing it like that. Dude, if the NBA was rigging things, they wouldn't have given the Pelicans the number one overall pick. You're right about the look on Zion's face. And David Griffin holding that creepy 54-year-old Black Magic doll in his hand was a little odd. And that that's the other takeaway I had was, have you ever met a Pelicans fan in real life, in person? Do you know any Pelicans fans?
1: Well, I mean, I think that's why. I mean, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies are probably the two franchises that struggle the most. I mean, right? I mean, New Orleans is not a big market. Yeah,
10: it just seems, though, like New Orleans is such a football town that yeah. they, that even their residents, I saw a lot of New Orleans natives online last night talking about how they would much rather have that call that cost you and Cousin Sal all that money, rather than three number one picks back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the NBA New, lotto.
1: New Orleans is an awesome town, but it, it really is a football-mad city, right? Yeah. I mean, they love LSU, and they love the Saints, and that's reflected in the, uh, the television ratings everywhere else. Um, and, uh, you know, Memphis is a basketball-crazed city. I mean, basketball is the lifeblood of Memphis very often, so uh, that's a little bit different, but you're right. I mean, for everybody out there who's a conspiracy theorist, if the NBA were rigging this, and I mentioned it yesterday, the Lakers would have gotten one of the top two picks and the Knicks would have gotten one of the top two picks because the best thing that could happen to the NBA is, I think, Zion to, uh, to either L.A. or New York and John Morant to the other city. That's the best thing that could have happen. From a pure attention perspective, the worst thing that could have happened is the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. New Orleans and Memphis get the two best players. I mean, that's just, that's the reality. Uh, so, uh, so anybody out there who's like, oh, this is fixed, if it's fixed, then the NBA probably picked the worst possible outcome of the draft lottery to end up uh, happening. And again, It's not fixed because anybody who was involved in fixing the NBA draft lottery would be facing years in prison and the loss of millions of dollars. It's not worth it to anybody in a position of power in the NBA. It just literally doesn't matter enough.
10: Who's going to run out and grab a Pelicans jersey? First of all, it's the worst mascot in the NBA probably. Couldn't they have come up with a better team name? I mean, a couple of times on the show yesterday, you still called them the New Orleans Hornets. Yeah. It just proves my point about how they're just not a relevant franchise. Now, maybe Zion can turn that around. But just the simple fact that nobody wants to play there, and even with Zion going there, none of us ever would say, man, I can't wait to see Zion play in New Orleans, You know, unless he, unless think, he was a football I, I think player.
1: Stars make teams, and uh, I, I think and you get to New Orleans, when Zion gets there, he'll be like, man, this is an awesome city. I, I really do think that he will. Um, and uh, and it will be intriguing to see how much people buy in with the Pelicans. I think it's been hard for people to buy in because you got guys like Anthony Davis saying, "Hey, trade me. I don't want to be here." Um, and and I think the more intriguing question in the result of the NBA draft lottery is how is Anthony Davis going to respond? Dub, your big takeaway.
11: Well, I had a few big takeaways from last night. First of all, that game just felt like a regular season oh, game. Felt I mean, it so was just like, so, it was just boring.
1: It was I, again. This is the big issue I think that we're going to see. I think most people, myself included, feel like Rockets Warriors was the NBA Finals. That those were the two best teams. Now maybe the Raptors or the uh, or the Bucks are going to be able to give presumably the Warriors a really good run in the NBA Finals. But right now, I just I feel like it's 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 sort of the uh, it's like the Pro Bowl. We we just had the Super Bowl, or we're about to have the Super Bowl, and now we got the Pro Bowl going on. And I don't care. Because I know that the Super Bowl is where the championship is going to be decided. And I feel like we already had the Super Bowl in the NBA. So I'm with you. It just didn't feel like a uh, a high-end matchup in the Western Conference. Even the crowd didn't seem all that much into it at the start. Uh, as if they already felt like, hey, yeah, we're ready for the NBA Finals.
11: Yeah, and then again, to, to echo Danny G's point, the whole conspiracy theorist, although they should have already been dead, considering the Cavs got three number 1 picks in four years, the Magic got back-to-back number 1 picks, and the Spurs got Tim Duncan. This on top of that, with New Orleans and Memphis getting 1-2, I mean, the conspiracy theorists are officially dead, even though they already should have been.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think there's any doubt at all. How do you think Anthony Davis is going to react this morning as he wakes up and starts to survey the landscape?
11: It's tough, man, because... I mean, Zion is obviously a transcendent player, but how much is he really going to make an impact in his first couple years? I'm not sure Anthony Davis wants to spend any more time in New Orleans because they were unable to take advantage of him being there. And now I kind of felt bad for Zion in a way because I feel like this has the opportunity to be the whole Anthony Davis situation, just run back to the beginning.
1: Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening uh, there in terms of to me, you want to wait and see how good how good Zion's going to be if you're Anthony Davis because you may have an opportunity to play with a like truly transcendent player who's coming into his own over the next couple of years, and it might change your opinion about what's capable of being done in New Orleans, not to mention how Kevin Durant makes this decision. Does he go back east, which would potentially upset the balance of power as well? There's a lot of different moving parts on this chessboard. Uh, Eddie Garcia, any big takeaway from you?
9: You know, I'm not a huge NBA fan, but I, I have to be honest, and I'm not sure I can really explain why, but when I found out that uh, the Pelicans had the, won the draft lottery, I just felt disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I I, I, mean, I know there were... I mean, look, Phoenix was in there, Cleveland. I mean, if, if Zion goes to any of those places, I'm not exactly excited about that either. But for some reason, when I found out it was New Orleans, I just thought, oh, that's too bad for the NBA.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think if you're a rigged draft lottery guy, this result this year totally killed it roberto your thoughts
7: uh the
8: lottery was way better than that game man. yeah the fact that the blazers <laughs> can take advantage of kevin durant not being there it's disappointing because it's gonna be a short series i yeah. think
1: yeah i i would love to be wrong because I, I look with walk it in and with this show i want as many good games as there are possible to talk about uh, especially as we come closer to the summer when it's like a sports wasteland in terms of everybody caring by and large. And uh, I couldn't even make an argument that this series is going to go very far based on what I saw in game one. It feels like five games or less. Unless I think I, I think this is a must-win game on Thursday night in uh, in the Bay Area for the Portland Trailblazers. They lose that one and go down 2-0
8: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash two pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash two pros.
2: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
8: near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tire sports to see their Toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tire, tire rack.com sports tire the way tire buying should be
1: We are rolling here. Chris Mannix joins us now. He was in Chicago, NBA Draft Lottery at SI. Chris Mannix is him on Twitter. Chris, what do you think Zion and his crew think today as they survey the NBA Draft Lottery landscape and realize that they potentially are headed to New Orleans?
6: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any potentially about it at this point. I mean, I was in the the lottery room, the drawing room itself last night, and Alvin Gentry, you know, made many a joke about yeah, we're going to evaluate who to take, and then sort of just laughed it off. I mean, he's he's going to the New Orleans Pelicans, and I would imagine that there's a a level of disappointment. I mean, this is it. Just seems like everyone is kind of everyone kind of christened the Knicks as the team that was going to get the number one pick, that was going to get Zion. It was going to be a Patrick Ewing redux from three decades ago, and he was going to be the franchise player and and now he's not. And then the Pelicans all of a sudden find themselves in an incredibly advantageous position because they can draft Zion and then, most likely, trade Anthony Davis and use that haul, which is going to be enormous, to add the pieces around him. So New Orleans went from a team that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't know what kind of position they'd be in long term to one that has, quite frankly, a, a pretty rosy future uh, down
1: there. All right, so uh, we've been debating this on the show and talking about it. We've seen John Elway, uh, we've seen Eli Manning, Eric Lindros. So far as I know, there's never been an NBA player who tried to exert control and say, I don't want to go play for this particular team. Let's pretend that Zion and his representation just are adamantly opposed to going to New Orleans. Let's pretend that that's the case what kind of recourse do they have what what when you when you get the number 1 overall pick in the nba and i don't know the answer to this how long do you retain the rights let's say zion said you know what i'll go back and play at duke for another year i'm not that excited about going to this franchise what would happen if that turned into a dramatic situation
6: well my understanding is that they they retain the rights in perpetuity it's not like he, he can go back to Duke, and and I think at this point he's probably taken enough money that he couldn't go back to Duke. Um, but but he he would have to play for the Pelicans. Or, There's no, it's or, not
1: like the NFL where you can say I'll go no. back through the draft or Major League no, Baseball. I mean, certainly, the,
6: the, when 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 guys don't want to play, there have been situations where where guys don't want to play for a certain team. Now the most recent example is Chris Paul Porzingis when. Porzingis was in the draft. His agent and he did not want to play for Philadelphia, um, and they all, all but but threatened the Sixers with staying overseas yeah. um, and not and not doing. And that's happened before. I mean, Fran Vasquez, if you remember that name, you know, I think it was about fifteen years ago. Uh, he didn't want to play in Orlando. He stayed overseas and played there for forever. He never came over. But the Magic. Retained his rights all throughout. Now, guys do some things they don't. They don't share medicals with the team, so they make the team think the guy might be hurt, and you know. They're, but they're, that's usually a factor, Clay, when you get guys later in the first round or in the second round. There's just there's no recourse here. I mean, Zion Williamson is going to get drafted by the Pelicans, and he's going to have to go to the Pelicans.
1: All right, you just broke down Anthony Davis. Is there any way that Anthony Davis's representation says, you know what, maybe you should rescind your trade uh, request or demand? And actually see how good Zion is before you decide to uh, to make this uh, decision to go elsewhere. Because if Zion's as transcendent as many seem to believe he could be, he's locked in for five years, you could be in a better situation in New Orleans than you could be the place you get traded.
6: I don't think so. I mean, I asked around that situation last night, you know, people around Anthony Davis and the sense I got was that Davis still wants to be uh, traded away now. David Griffin, the GM down in New Orleans, he, he has done a pretty good job putting on this public face that they're going to try to convince Anthony Davis to stay. But I think that's more posturing and, and, and more of a position, uh, trying to make a deal from a position of strength. If teams think there's even a remote chance that Anthony Davis might stay there or that the Pelicans might roll the dice and keep him uh, without a signed contract, it, it makes those offers go up a little bit more. But Anthony Davis' camp... Still wants to get him traded to Los Angeles. That's still the goal uh, within his inner circle, and and other teams out there, including Boston and New York, are going to try to make significant bids to to land him. So I, I don't. I think this makes it a little bit more interesting, but I just don't think it moves the needle in Davis's camp at all.
1: So who has the most that they can offer for Anthony Davis? Do you still think it's the Celtics?
6: Well, the, the Lakers had a really good night last night because the Lakers now have a top four pick that they can combine with those young assets to make an offer for Anthony Davis. But I say this a lot and I sound like a broken record, but if the Celtics decide to get into the mix, they're going to be able to get a deal done because not only do they have the wealth of draft picks and and only one in the lottery, and that's the 14th pick this year, but they've got future picks. They've got, you know, four or three rather, I should say first round picks in this year's draft, but their young talent trumps everybody else. I mean, if you if you look at the potential players that could be in the pool in a trade for Davis, Jason Tatum is still the best player of that bunch by a lot. To me, he's the only player that has real franchise player potential that could be traded. The wild card is that Boston won't make any kind of significant offer unless they know Kyrie Irving is going to stay. So there's still a lot to to kind of unravel before we get to the point where Anthony Davis is going to be traded.
1: Do you think still that Kevin Durant's going to the Knicks and uh and were you not struck by at least a little bit how much Steph and Clay seem to be recruiting Durant after they won game 6 against
6: the Rockets? No, not not surprised at all because, you know, these guys for all the inner turmoil that we've Witnessed this year, you know, beginning at the very start of the season, these guys want to build a dynasty. I mean, I Clay Thompson, you know, it, could he go somewhere else? Maybe, but one thing Clay Thompson has always told me and others is that all I want to do is win. Like, and that's why he is willing to take on a secondary or third, even fourth role within a team when he really could be an alpha somewhere else. These guys know that that Durant stays, and it's not just three championships; it's four, it's five, it's maybe six consecutive championships and that puts you up there in in pretty rare air so they're willing to deal with any kind of of drama that, to keep kevin durant around now i still think that off the court interests are what are going to drive durant to new york i think we've seen him build out his brand a lot in the last couple of years and i think he wants to continue doing that in new york it's not unlike what lebron james was thinking when he signed with los angeles yes you want to keep winning, but there are other non-basketball reasons to go and do it. So I think he's leaning that way, but this is also a guy clay that in the last, you know, his last go around in free agency was very influenced by what he saw in the room. When the Patri- when I'm sorry, when the Celtics showed up with Tom Brady, that was impactful on him. When the Warriors showed up with all four of their key players coming off a 73 win season, that was impactful to him. And the Los Angeles Clippers are going to roll into one of those meetings with some good players. They're going to have Doc Rivers, who's probably the most impactful coach in this process. They're going to have Lawrence Frank, who's going to be incredibly prepared for this meeting. And they're going to have Steve Ballmer, who is an owner that is actually an asset to a team because of all the energy that he brings and the positivity that he brings to the room. So I think when when Kevin Durant gets into these meetings, that's when teams can really start to sway his opinion. Kawhi hits the
1: bounce, the four bouncer to put his team into the Eastern Conference Finals. Game one is tonight. Any impact long range in terms of that shot on Kawhi's decision?
6: I've always believed when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, the further Toronto can advance, the better their chances are of retaining him. So, yes, the short answer there is I think it does have an impact on him. He's I think I've said this to you before, he's an incredibly difficult guy to read. His inner circle, I don't think, knows too much about what he's thinking. I think there's conflict within the people around him about where they would like to see him uh, ultimately play. But the Raptors have done a great job this year in, in not just building out a team around Kawhi Leonard, of treating him like a franchise player, but ignoring the noise, ignoring kind of the nonsense that the Clippers are up to when... They were effectively sending a representative to every single Raptors game so that they could get some face time with Kawhi Leonard from the stands. Uh, from what's going on with, with you know potentially them talking to potential people around him, uh, they've done a great job of keeping it focused on them and Kawhi Leonard. And if this team gets the NBA Finals, which they've got a great chance of doing, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I just logically think it's you know Kawhi would have a hard time walking away from a finals team that has the potential to be a finals team for the next several years
1: okay last night uh, you were in Chicago Uh, the NBA draft lottery far more interesting and I think impactful long range than anything we saw happen in the Western Conference game one finals last night but the Warriors just looked so much better than the Portland Trailblazers and I know it's only one game and this is a seven game series but do you have any reason to believe that this is going to be a remotely interesting series based on what you saw last night
6: I mean the you know, Portland's guards have have been so much better. And and if they if they get hot in, in this next game or when the series shifts back to Portland, they they can make it a series, especially if Durant remains on the sidelines. But you know, this the Warriors team I saw last night was, you know, reminiscent of the Warriors teams that were pre Durant. I mean, these guys are still very much in their prime, whether it's you know, Steph Clay or Draymond. Um, and when they get the contributions they got from some of their role players like Looney and others, is, they're just downright dangerous. They were stingy defensively. They were great offensively. Steph was, you know, popping shots from all over the place like he usually does. They're playing with confidence uh, once again. So even without Durant, I think they're overwhelming favorites here. I mean, this, you know, the, the Blazers are one of the best stories, maybe the best story of the postseason because of what they've gone through to get to this point. Remember, they were a team that. If they don't win the first round, there was a legitimate chance that they get broken up at the end of the year. Now here they are playing in the conference finals, but talent-wise, I think they're just overmatched as everybody is when they play Golden State.
1: Uh, what do you expect to see tonight between the Bucks and the Raptors?
6: Yeah, it, it really is a, a coin flip type of series for me, because it, it's totally different from what these uh, two teams experienced previously. I mean, in, in Toronto, Milwaukee's going to face a team that you know, derives their strength from their wing players. I mean, Kawhi and Siakam are the engines that drive the Raptors on that team. Kyle Lowry's important, obviously, but you know, it, it's the Siakam and Kawhi. And on the flip side of it, Toronto just played a team that could not make a three-pointer if their life depended on it. Now they're going up against a team in Milwaukee that, that lives and dies beyond the three-point line. So it's a complete contrast of styles from what we saw in the, the previous game, I just think, look, it's Kawhi versus Giannis. And I think they're going to match up with each other a lot in this series, and it may come down to whichever one controls the other better. I mean, both these guys are elite offensive players. Both these guys are elite defensive players. Giannis might be defensive player of the year this year, in addition to being MVP, and we know what Kawhi is capable of when he gets locked in on a postseason game. I think this has the potential to be one of the great one-on-one matchups that we've seen uh, in, in recent NBA uh, playoff memories because these two guys will be, are in their prime and they're going to be going up against each other, I think, regularly.
1: Were you in the room watching the ping-pong balls? I was. It's, it's
6: quite the experience, I'll tell you.
1: All right, so take me into that room. Uh, last question is kind of for people out there who are curious about how the draft lottery works. How many people are in that room how many people are involved? Uh, I, I'm utterly fascinated by it.
6: Well, you've got representatives from 15 teams, uh, 15 instead of 14 because the Celtics and Sixers were were one of them was going to get the Sacramento pick, uh, so they were in the room. There are 12 members of the media there to watch it. It's all filmed by the NBA because look, they're understandably paranoid about you know the social media proclamations that it's rigged. If the Knicks, I mean, it's not because of the Knicks, but. If the Knicks got the number one pick and no one was there to watch it, we'd hear frozen envelope 2.0 uh, when it comes to to New York. And, look, they go through painstaking measures to make sure this is on the up and up with, you know, they, they have a – when they draw the ping pong balls out and there are four combinations drawn each time as they make picks one through four, there's a guy in the back of the room with his back literally to the machine watching a clock at 20 seconds and announcing when the next ball can be drawn. So there's almost no way they could be any more on the straight and narrow uh, off of this. And it's, look, it's fun because you're in there and, and I'm sitting a few feet away from Alvin Gentry of the Pelicans and the Pelicans had a 6% chance of landing that number one pick. And as soon as they do, Gentry just gets up and starts screaming in very colorful language, I would say (laughs) as well, because he knows what this means, that franchise. And, you know, it's just a, it, the lottery has its own drama, but this is, you know, for a writer anyway. It's it's a more entertaining story to be behind closed doors where other people are not.
1: Now they take your cell phones. Like you have no ability to communicate anything from in that room. Do you? I guess you get quarantined basically until they announce it.
6: Yeah, you. They they take cell phones, Apple watches, any form of technology. They wand you up and down like you're going into the White House. I mean, it really is like the highest level of. Period that I've ever gone through because you have to do multiple levels of it, and look, they 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 un- understandably don't want word to leak out of there. So as af- they do the lottery drawing itself, you literally have to wait over an hour until the uh, actual drawing is done on TV, and they warn you too, like you know if you got to go to the bathroom, it, it, in so many words, be ready to go pee in the corner because you're not getting out <laughs> of that out of that room. Uh, to go to the bathroom under any circumstances.
1: Hey, outstanding stuff as always, Chris. Uh, appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you next week.
3: You got it, Clay. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: The NBA Draft Lottery edition. I feel like we got so much more information coming out of the NBA Draft Lottery than we did out of Game One of the Western Conference Finals. Now, um, to me, The storyline of the NBA rigging, you just heard, it was fun, Chris Mannix was in the room when the ping pong balls are coming up, but the story of the NBA rigging the draft lottery has to effectively die now. I also want to give the NBA props because the teams that decided to tank no longer got the benefit. The idea of what the Sixers did, trust the process, all uh, all of that in terms of being an advantage that you stink so that you can get top draft picks, it's all died because 14% was the best chance that any one team was going to be able to get the number one overall pick. And the top teams, really, in terms of awfulness, the teams that tanked the most, the Knicks, the Cavs, and the the Phoenix Suns, none of them got the number one overall pick. The Chicago Bulls were not rewarded either. And uh, the end result is two teams that were trying to win, at least on some level, the Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies end up getting the number one and number two overall picks. The expectation Zion to New Orleans and John Morant to Memphis. And if you are arguing that the NBA has been rigging anything, this is probably the last two teams that Adam Silver would have picked if he could decide where Zion and John Morant were going to go, because I believe that Memphis and New Orleans are probably the two least valuable franchises in the entirety of the NBA at this point in time. So uh, the odds of those both those teams, two of the 30 least valuable franchises winning the draft lottery, very low. Uh, that is going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. And again, we've been discussing the fact that Zion didn't look very happy with New Orleans getting him. Is there the possibility, however remote it may be, that he could go Eli, that he could go Elway, that he could go Lindros? and put pressure on the Pelicans and say, I don't want to play here. Just keep that in mind. That interview that he did, 45 seconds with ESPN right after, he didn't even say, hey, I'm definitely going to New Orleans. He didn't seem like he was that geeked about that idea. So I would just put it out there as a possibility that Zion's crew could make it a little bit difficult on New Orleans. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to come out later today and say, hey, I went to New Orleans. I've never been more excited about it. He said he's never been there before. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to end up embracing it in a big way. But that initial reaction, when you saw New York, L.A., Memphis, and uh, and uh, New Orleans as the Final Four, he didn't seem very excited. So we'll see what the drama is associated with that. Uh, in actual basketball news, the Portland Trailblazers looked done. They couldn't cover Steph Curry. I don't remember Steph Curry getting that many open looks from three in any game during the Houston Rockets series. I don't even remember him getting that many open looks in any multiple games combined in that series against uh, the Houston Rockets. I think that the Pelicans are, as Pelican, Pelicans are in good shape. I think that the Trailblazers are in really rough shape here. And uh, as much as I wanted this to be a good series and as much fun as Lillard and McCollum have been, they looked overmatched, even without Kevin Durant on the floor. This looks like a five-game series. Can the Eastern Conference end up being more competitive? We'll see tonight. I like the Bucks. They're six-point favorites. I think what you saw from the Trailblazers was a mentally and physically exhausted team coming off of a Game 7 win. I think you're going to see the same thing from the Raptors as they get prepared to go up against the Bucks. plus... The Bucs know, based on how they performed in Game 1 against the Boston Celtics, that they've got to bring their A game. They are 8-1, and 8-1 and one against the spread so far in the playoffs as well. They have been dominant, and I think they go out and win by double digits over the Raptors in Game 1. But we will see what happens with the Game 1 of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals going on tonight on TNT. Can't wait to watch that one. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down everything. Great show today. My thanks to John Campbell to Dan Wetzel, and to Chris Mannix. encourage you to go download the podcast, search out Outkick, search out my name, Clay Travis. You'll be able to make sure that you don't miss anything at all. Uh, Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Thanks for spending your Wednesday morning. Congratulations to New Orleans, finally getting a little bit of redemption over that awful call against the Saints. Now, theoretically, you get Zion served up on a silver platter. Big time, big time win
3: for uh, the Big Easy. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, oh, oh,
2: O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh,
3: oh, O'Reilly. Auto parts.
2: It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.